You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network uh, for another episode of our Lost Recaps. Officially, after this one, halfway through season four. So, granted, it's a shorter season, uh, but we're really making our way through it. Uh, we had the constant, then we had that that blank spot, that blood on the wall that we don't talk about. And now we're up to episode seven, titled Gion. Uh, Sun and Jin episode. It's been a while. This season, we talked about uh, Patrick last week and Claire uh, being sad and that, but I feel like Sun and Jin is just the same. We've barely seen any of them. Uh, so it's good to see they're back. Gion aired March 13th, 2008. Uh, and yeah, it's a Jin and Sun episode. Written by Eddie Kitsis, Adam Horowitz, and directed by Stephen Semmel. Um, my name is Noah, and can you pass the cereal? And my name is Ben, and lima beans. <laughs> yeah, very, very picky, Saeed. Um, Bloody Saeed, just eat your fucking lima beans. <laughs> Shut up. Shut uh, up and eat them. <laughs> Grateful. Uh, what was he said? Julian or whatever he, the hell his Alan Cumming name was. Um, has that been cancelled yet? Yes. And so I was asked to get <laughs> started it, so they were desperate. <laughs> Matthew Fox turned them down. Um, yeah, Gion. Uh, it's it like most Sun and Jin episodes. It, it's it's fine. There's rarely been a Sun and Jim one where you're, oh, that was amazing. There's rarely one where you're like, oh, that was bad. I will say, Gion, first time has some merit, but this episode does not age well based on the the, the twist. Um, doesn't age so well, but I like to see Sun and Jim. I like to see career on the screen. So there's some good stuff here. Yeah, I think you're right. It doesn't age well at all. But, like, the first time you watch it, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm into this. Um, but, you know, I like seeing Jin with a giant panda. Who doesn't like seeing Jin with a giant panda? Um, that's kind of it's cute. cool. Uh, we get sort of bitch Juliet this episode, um, <laughs> which at the same time you can, you know, warranted it. But uh, it's a bit sad at the end. Yeah, but um, oh, you're missing you're missing the most exciting part of this episode. We get the number one star of Lost in this episode. Finally, we here. are here. It's taken us how many years to talk about the man himself, Grant Bowler, again? Not since we yelled at each other that your team number one from the Amazing Race season three, Australia. Here he is, Noah, looking as oh, good lost. as ever. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into the Grant Bowler stuff because as as thrilled as I am to see him, I will have some comments on Captain Galt. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, Grant Bowler. We have no Boone, but this season we've got Grant Bowler. So, Gion has some merit there. Um, yeah, I, I think the the episode is interesting, the way they do the flash forward back. I guess at first watch it's an interesting twist. But the second time you watch this episode, you're literally watching footage of Jin going around trying to get a gift for a Chinese man. <laughs> like, that is... There's no substance to his flashback. So, while it works the first time, 
a good twist should make you go back and watch it differently. But this time you go back and watch it, and you're like, well, like we've both seen chronologically lost. I can't remember when exactly this fit in, but it's literally just some footage of Jin going around Seoul picking up a gift. That's true, and it is like you see what they're trying to do, um, but it's it's so random. Like it's kind of. Like, yeah, as you, as you said a few times, like, the first time you watch it, it's a great sort of, you know, twist. But now, as yeah, you summed up pretty well. Like, what what is the point of this? Like, you know, in the grand scheme of Lost, besides trying to trick the audience, like, you could have done this any other way to trick the audience. <laughs> like, just, yeah. Like, even if you don't show Jin rushing around with a giant panda and just have Sun, like, calling out for a husband... Like, you're still kind of going to be a bit sad at the end, aren't you, when he's dead? <laughs> yeah, that's that's my problem, is you can do a fake-out, but it needs to have some substance, or it needs to play play well on a second time. But it was literally just him. Um, so, I, I yeah, I agree. I get what they're going for, but did it, did it work fully? Not really. Um, but we should talk about the Flash the flash, the the multiple flashes. Um, so we have Sun in the hotel. She's packing her her things. Uh, did you notice on the TV, uh, Expose was on? No. <laughs> so so there's no boon this season, but Nikki's Nikki's found her way, and Ugh. I guess Expose was uh, was popular in Korea, uh, which would have been weird for Sun. Like watching the TV and like, hang on, I think I recognise that girl. Wasn't she buried alive? <laughs> um, and then it's revealed she's having her baby. So we think, ah, oh, Oceanic Six. There's our our fifth member. Uh, so she calls up the ambulance, and then we see Jin walking on the street. So we assume, oh, there's our six: Kate, Hurley, Said, Jack, Sun, Jin, Oceanic Six. Um, he's going to the toy shop, he gets his panda, um, and he's going to go to the hospital. Uh, then we have our son taken to the hospital, and we hear one of the nurses, oh, Oceanic 6, um, uh, and she tells them, get my husband here, uh, and then cutting to Jin, and conveniently his phone is destroyed, and the panda is taken. I love it. It is a bit... Sorry. It's kind of uh, Jin does Charlie Chaplin in a way. But I love, like, angry Jin here. Like, I'll kill you! I'll find you and rip your head off! <laughs> That's just an average day on the streets here. Yeah. That's just Korean. That's just what happens. Like, you know, you bump into... I'll I'm kill I'm you! Only, the thing is, I'm only half joking. But <laughs> I've like, heard some yelling on the street. So angry! Like, it just... Imagine if, like, we literally see a scene of Jin in the next shot catching up to this taxi, getting this guy, ripping his head off, holding up his head. Ah! We do know Jin has ang- anger issues. So. Kicks his head down the street and takes the bear, shows up to the random Chinese dude with a bloodied panda. Like, on behalf of Park Industries, here is the bear. We wish to deal with the great nation of China. <laughs> Blood dripping. I ripped a man's head off uh, just for you. Uh, but the, this is where it does work a little bit. I like these little touches, like, like in Through the Looking Glass, where 
Jin's phone is clearly not from 2005 or 6. Um, and also later, wasn't he... The guy talks about how it's the year of the dragon, but that's not 2005. So there's all these little hints that if if you're a smart cookie like you were with Jack last season, you would pick it up, pick up on what's happening here. Um, uh, but yeah, he goes back for another panda, but there's no more. But there's one on hold, and he pays a bunch of money for it. And so, you see what I'm saying here? This is just a flashback. It's literally just Jin's off around town buying pandas. Um, it's as almost as and like then back at Goodwin, how he you know managed to get duped into going to the. Uh, the, uh, the camp, like, oh, it's what we always wanted to see. Like, we sit down at the beginning of season four, answers you want answered in, uh, questions you want answered in Lost. When does Jin buy a panda for a random Chinese man? Yeah. Um, they were, it's just above, uh, Locke working at the weed camp. Um, but they say they cannot wait for Jin, the baby is coming, and then Sun's baby is born. So sweet. Um, then after Jin goes to the hospital and he, he gives the gift, but <gasps> plot twist. It's to Chinese ambassador. Uh, it's a boy. So uh, he te- like steals the ribbon, gives the gift. Uh, and then what's the hospital woman? Oh, are you going so soon? Oh, it's not my baby. Um, I've only been married for two months. Plot twist. This is a flashback. Um, I guarantee there were so many average American viewers watching this. Jin remarried. <laughs> I still, I still. Saw I'm that. sure of it. <laughs> I saw maybe a year ago on the Lost Reddit. Someone, someone was commenting on this episode was saying, "How come Jin was there in the flash forward, but I'm the only one that acknowledges that it happened? Everyone pretends like it was never happened." <laughs> Mate. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, look, Lost is not a difficult show to follow. Um, well. I mean, it can be, but don't be so stupid. I am just uh, stupid. Come on. There's, there's really only one great scene, and it's sad as well, but I love this final scene. Uh, Sin, Sin Sun puts on her wedding ring. And the doorbell rings. She's in her fancy soul apartment. And, oh, who shows up at the door? It's Hurley. I'm happy to see Hurley because normally it's Jack who's invading people's flash forwards. (laughs) So, so much better than if Jack showed up. It's so sweet that, can I just say, Hurley flying to Seoul, seeing seeing Sun and her baby. Adorable. I also like the fact what that is... Sun's doing herself up, like just before, you know, oh, like Hurley's coming <laughs> over. Hurley? But... I'm single now. <laughs> what What is not adorable, though, It is when Hurley says, is anyone else coming? And she says no. And Hurley gives this bizarre, I cannot explain it, smirk followed by, mm, good. <laughs> what is that? Mildly oh, flirting. Eleven years. <laughs> Eleven years I've been watching Gion. I, to this day, I still don't get what, what they're going for with this Hurley happy that no one else is... Mm, good. He wants it all what to herself. That? He wants to, you know, go to Sun. 
town. Yeah, you thought the, the Michael Sun thing was a big thing. Well, I mean, come on. We've always been waiting for this to happen. Finally, Sun and Hurley, after yeah. years of mild flirting. It's just so weird. Like, good. <laughs> okay, creepy Hurley. Um, and then Hurley holds her. Oh, she looks just like Jin. I like these, uh, I like it on TV shows where they get babies that are obviously not related to the actors. <laughs> oh, it looks just like, does it? Um, and then Hurley and Sun go to a cemetery, very empty cemetery. Um, That's just a Korean like cemetery, braids. right? Not many people die in Korea, right? Yeah, they're immortal. Um, <laughs> some, some of them. Koreans are immortal. I, I actually live near, I was about to say a Korean cemetery, but it's just a cemetery here. Um, I live quite close to one, actually, so I might go and visit Jin. Can you read the graves? Yeah, I can read. You can read? Oh, I hope to read one day. <laughs> I can read Korean, but whether or not I know what what the meaning is is well. Is usually, you thing. don't really need to get much of a meaning on a grave. Usually, there's a name and a date, and that's about it, right? Well, I mean, I like to think it's impressive I can read Korean. But when I first started my job as an English teacher, the kids were reading the books to me. Um, oh my god, they're amazing at English! Until someone pointed out. Well, have you been checking their comprehension? Just because they're reading the words to you. Oh, uh, yeah. When I asked them what the bug was, they weren't quite sure. <laughs> the bug. You and I went to a graveyard. That's true. New Year's Day. Yeah, what a day to celebrate the New Year. <laughs> Why did we even Spend go there? What did an we... hour. <laughs> Why did we go there? We had McDonald's and we went to a graveyard. Like typical New Year's Day in Hobart. Yep, we had a nice yeah, Banjo's just... breakfast. Oh, I don't recall the details other than the, the day We went the to Banjo's but... in the morning. Do you remember our date day? Fuck you, that was a good day. I remember spending an hour in the graveyard. But... Well, you remember the death part of our date. I don't remember the rest, but it was New Year's Day. Oh, New Year's Day. About an hour in the graveyard. <laughs> That's our sign of our friendship. It's like spending an hour in a grave. <laughs> it was it was empty. It was silent. There was no one around. Dead people. And we went around reading graves <laughs> on New Year's Day. Oh god! Uh, That's why you two wrote a song about it. And what was it? Eight hours earlier, or twelve hours earlier, I was dancing with this crazy Jamaican girl. Oh, that guy was awesome! And there was the hot and singer girl who was singing. Rush forward in the grave. <laughs> Wow, what yeah, a time. time. We were drinking daiquiris. Those, remember those? That's true. Bloody, and then we ended up in that pub, and then we had great chips and gravy from um, Legs and Breasts. That was good. And got an Uber. Oh, the, the guy who called us all racists. <laughs> yep. was, was he from Pakistan? He and he Australians kept, racist. He was like from Pakistan, and he kept saying like, oh, I've been here for like however long, and you're all racist. Very racist. <laughs> to be fair, he's right. But... And you slept on the shitty couch. Um, oh, it's fine. Um, Dad doesn't have that couch anymore. He got rid of it. <laughs> Just FYI. <okay. laughs> uh, yeah. 
so maybe I'll go and visit the graveyard um, near my house. Literally five minutes away. I, I've seen it, but I, I don't dare visit. Cause but I don't believe maybe it. Maybe there's Korean ghosts who might... <laughs> I don't know, come and feed me kimchi or something. I feel like a Korean ghost would be a much nicer ghost than, like, a, an Australian ghost. Yeah, I mean, uh, if they're anything like the uh, the Ajumas that I've talked about, the one on my street. Oh, they're um, those angry, like, ladies who come at you. Uh, not all of them, but I can tell you that she, the perimeter that she perimeter. surveys is getting wider and wider because <laughs> I saw her survives. far from home today. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm telling you, I got home, uh, I was in Hong Kong when I got home, five in the morning, flight, get to my house, no one around, oh yeah, walking to my door, oh, there she is. <laughs> so maybe I'm thinking she might be a ghost, because every time I go for lunch, come back home from work, five in the morning, she's there, just floating around the neighborhood, so... Now that I think about it, she is a ghost. Yeah. Is there a theories page on her, like Stanhope or whatever? Daegu <laughs> Achima. <laughs> Theory, she is a time traveler. Counterclaim. Uh, Counter, counterclaim. I just want to say hashtag not all Achimas. There is some lovely Achimas, but um, Yeah, so they go and visit the grave, and it's Jin's grave. And I think when I saw it, maybe Sun's next to him as well. Like, uh, she will be buried there. Uh which but they won't be. be. <laughs> They'll be buried at sea. But um, no one's even in that grave. Who's in that grave? Well, I mean, there are some graves in the world which have no bodies in them. That's creepy. People people who go missing and stuff like that. Um, and he... Like yeah, uh, so Hurley's there, and then we get a nice... Uh, we get a nice little scene where she's talking to Jin. I named her Ji Yon like you wanted. I miss you so much. Uh, it's really sad ending that we think the Oceanic Six is these two. And at first we get the, oh, I've only been married for two months. So you're like, oh, yeah, that's, I guess Jin's not one of them. But then they gut punch you with, oh, yeah, Jin's dead. Hmm. And I think when you watch this the first time, you can believe it because this show is bold and they would do a thing like, they told us Charlie was going to die for 10 weeks, and then he did die. So you would believe that, oh, Jin dies. Um, and I think I believed it. I do remember watching this for the first time, and I remember being, oh, shocked by the twist. And liking the twist enough, but again, I stand by what I say about the twist. Um, but it's a sad, sad way to bring the twist, and I think... From memory, when I watched it the first time, I believed Suns and Oceanic Six and Jin died. Which is a bit of a shitty one when it's revealed that what Aaron is part of the Oceanic So we've basically met the Oceanic Six now, haven't we? We don't know it yet, but we have met everyone. It is there a bit of a cop. ways to choose a new car. I agree. Um, but, like, yeah, it's, it's... And also, as you were saying, the whole... Um, you believe this because of the whole Charlie situation. So I, I think it's cleverly done because we basically do see Jin die as well. Uh, end of the season. Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert, by the way. <laughs> um, so I, are you a fan of the flashback forward? Um, I personally think the idea is there. The execution is maybe not there. 
I think kind of you summed it up at the beginning when it basically comes down to the first time you watch this, you are literally like, whoa, that's clever. But, um, yeah, once you watch it a couple times and you know, you're sort of like, eh, that's, you know, yeah, like you, you, you're not surprised, obviously, because, you know, that's generally how things like this work. But I don't know, like there are still like we talked about it, um, you know, in the finale last season that even though we know what's about to happen, it's still fucking epic to watch it again. So, this, you know, it yeah. can work and it can't work. But, yeah, this is definitely one that you just sort of like, eh, no, it doesn't work. But we can agree Jin and the panda. Pretty cute. I, yeah, I love angry Jin wanting to rip someone's head off over a panda. <laughs> Can we just talk about Dick's storekeeper guy as well? Like, just just the way he kind of handles it. was on hold. I mean, he's a dick because the other customer is going to come in and just, like, you know, go off about it. But, yeah. Rip his head off. Yeah. That's where we need the flashback within the flashback. We've not had one of them in a while where he goes home to his wife and (laughs) she's left him because he's dishonorable. Poor storekeeper. You see, Hashtag I bet, bring back Jin's death. I bet you he's got theories. <laughs> Storekeeper. More than fucking yeah. Boone. But that's the thing. We could have brought the dad back and we could have had like a a nice flashback with Jin and his dad and they're talking about having children or... I don't know. There could have just been something, but... Um, but there isn't. Uh, shopkeeper. Trivia described him as male, Korean, any age. Pleasant... Eager to please. Uh, no theories. Must be able to speak Korean. <laughs> and be happy. <laughs> and be no, good no with theory. pandas. I liked uh, here, I guess his name is Dr. Bay. I'm seeing a Korean medical drama with that guy. <laughs> Dr. Bay. I like... The doctor, um, he, he had a leading man presence. I also like terrible security guard of Chinese diplomat who basically like gets talked into like is it a boy or a girl like okay as a journalist who would want to like try and sneak information out of it like you know you just an undercover journo for like the Korean times or something like that no theories for Chinese security guard but is played by TV's Daniel Yu yes Uh, he's a part time actor and this is his first role on television that's part-time like, actor. Part-time actor. Like, what? I feel like actors are part-time. Like, who's full-time actor? Show up on a Monday morning at 9 o'clock, like, get lunch at 12, and you'll leave? Alan Cumming. Alan, well, you know, Matthew Fox, casual actor. <laughs> Matthew Fox, he's the epitome of a part-time actor. Seasonal well. actor. We'll work. <laughs> Christmas casual actor. Uh, now I gave you the choice last 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 week, so you can choose again. Do we go with uh, Sun and Jin and Juliet, or are we going to go with the the freighter crew? Save the best for last. Freighter crew last. So I feel like the big <laughs> twist is on the freighter crew that's, when we meet Grandpa. I was watching this episode. I'm like, is this a Sun and Jin episode? Like, it seemed more of like a Saeed episode. Like. Most of the actual substance comes from... Grand Bowler. From the freighter. <laughs> Grand Bowler. <laughs> and Regina. Um, yeah, so we'll go through the, the main island stuff, which I guess is supposed to be the character-centric ones, but um, uh, we, we start off with a cute little scene. It's been so long since we've had some good sun and gin, but they're talking about baby names. It's really cute. Jim wants to name her Gion. 
and some oh it's bad luck to talk about baby names. Uh, I need to I need to ask my coworker if this is true or if the writers pulled this out of their ass. Um, Are they a baby? <laughs> my coworker. Yes. <laughs> well, they were once. I wasn't. <laughs> I, I I would. <laughs> oh, I was just born a man. <laughs> I would say that maybe you you are still a baby, but um, that hurts my feelings. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wah. That wasn't my intention. Goo goo gaga. <laughs> uh, but she says, "Let's get off the island. Then we can talk about names." Uh, so then the next morning, Kate returns from her banishment. She is. Um, <laughs> no one rushes up. Pre- it's not like last time when Jack said, Jack's back, everyone. Oh, it's Michael. Michael's back. It's this time. Kate's okay, back. Uh, his old flip floppy Kate. She's back again. <laughs> Didn't she just leave us? Uh, uh, so I like this kind of badass son is kind of getting birthed a little bit here. When she goes up to Faraday, she wants to know if they're getting off the island or not. I like this. Like, son's really good at, you know, when when we need to spring to action, I'm going to spring to action. Um, and then, oh, it's not really my call, son. Uh, so she's getting pissed off. And, oh, this is... I love Jim with... I'm sorry that those pants don't make you look fat. But I also love the, can you pass the cereal <laughs> to Jack? Condescending Jack. Mm, good English, Jim. Not as good as me. Um, and then I love it. Son, teach me. Soya, too. Son is better. Um, that's cute. Jim uh, learning English is cute, but as someone who spends a lot of time with Koreans learning English, I feel like his broken English is not really the way, the way that Koreans speak broken English, but that is nitpicking to the extreme. And no. you learn it a little bit too quickly. You, yeah, you'd think that, but also you're, you're stuck on an island with only people speaking English. That being said, I've lived in Korea for a year and a half, and my Korean is limited, to say the least, and I'm surrounded by Koreans, so maybe a little fast. But you've got all day, you've got nothing to do, you may as well be learning some English from Bernard, so... <laughs> Um, but that's a great son is better. Um, then son comes up. You need to pack two days for f- food and meet me at the tent. Uh, they've come a long way like since. Claire. <laughs> you need two two days of food. <laughs> but, uh, haven't they come a long way from button up your shirt and don't talk to anyone to her ordering him around? Um, Son says they're going to go to Locke's camp, and she tells Juliet because she needs some some pills. Um, she doesn't really tell her. She's, like, snooping through Juliet's tent. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, she's forced to tell her. Um, and I, I love good old Kate. Uh, Kate, uh, <laughs> this season, she, she's very random other than her one episode because she's just here. Oh, yeah, here's the directions. I've just been banished from there, did you know? Like, like, I, I'm loving Kate this episode, this season because she's just so random. Like, there's Kate. Um, and this is where Juliet tries to stop them and 
to to stop them, she, she tells Jin about the affair. <clears throat> Pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> Touche. I yes. saw last week. <laughs> I didn't. I blocked that out already. That's actually a very good point. But I, I love. I I will say I really love the acting in this sequence. Like I love um, Daniel Day Kim's face. Kind of just yeah. good facial acting from Daniel Day Kim. From DDK. DDK. Um, TV's DDK. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. And I sympathise with Jim because as someone who lives in a country where... Uh, isn't it mad that I live in Korea? Like, I've got to pinch myself. That is mental. Um, Incredibly. <laughs> who would have ever? Who would have ever thought? All oh, those people on. who live in Korea just every day. Like, shit, I live in Korea. <laughs> They're all pinching themselves. <laughs> you just walk down the streets of Seoul and all these... Why are all those people pinching themselves? They can't believe they live in Korea. It, it, it's madness. Like, how did they end up living here? Um, but I, I sympathise because I, I definitely understand more than I can speak. Um, so sometimes people are talking to me I... I I get the gist of what they're saying. I just can't respond to them. So if your Korean um, girlfriend says affair in Korean, you're going to be like, shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe I wouldn't be able to understand what's going on here, but it is frustrating to, to sometimes know what someone's talking about, but just not not having the right, not being able to respond. Um, I don't want to go on too many tangents, but I, I once... <laughs> I once paid for water that I had already bought because I didn't know how to respond. What? Paid for it like twice? I had a water that I bought into the convenience store. Convenience stores are great here, by the way. Um, and I knew she was saying to me, is that your water? Where did you get the water from? Because I didn't put it down on the counter with everything else, but I was holding the water. Uh I knew that's what she was saying. I just didn't have the skills to to say, this is my water, I bought it elsewhere. Looked at the receipt later. <laughs> I bought the water again. Wow. Um, <laughs> so that's the experience of living in a country where you don't know the language. You buy water twice. Luckily, water is cheap. Here. I just want to quickly say, I've just jumped on Daniel Day Kim's official Instagram page. Everyone should give him a follow at... Daniel Day Kim, and at the time of recording this, at least, there's a lovely picture of him with a nice pair of glasses on, cuddling a dog. So, oh, he's great. Anybody out there wants to see an amazing picture? Look up Daniel Day Kim's <laughs> post of him. Like, just you just look at that picture, and you just want to you just want to cuddle them both. Like, you know, Daniel Day Kim and dog. Oh. I like him. So do I. He is my favourite <laughs> Korean actor. Um, well, I'm partial to Yeonjun Kim also. Yeah, um, she's no Daniel Day Kim, though. But he he knows that Juliet, what's Juliet saying? And I, I get why she's doing it, to keep them there. She's got an investment in the pregnant women. But also, like, come on, Juliet, you also helped someone have an affair. Uh, she's trying to explain. And a, a classic son, like, this is a classic son move, slaps her. I feel like Sun slapped many people on this show. Uh, she slapped Charlie, right? Um, Domestic abuse. 
She slapped Michael, didn't she? She slapped Charlie. She slapped Julie. Remember Judy Dench <laughs> slaps people? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Kim slaps people. Uh, Miss Ma. That's what she did um, in that mistress show. She just slapped Alyssa yeah, Milano. slapped people. Uh, and then this is great son's trying to explain and, oh we haven't seen Bernard in a while he comes popping up hey Jin you're going fishing <laughs> favourite bit of the episode I love how like it takes him a while to crack on to having a fight like it's just kind of you know like... <laughs> oh um oh uh, yeah uh, sorry I didn't realise. It's like, come on, Bernard. Um, but I love that Jin anyway is, no, come fish. If I was Bernard, I I hate awkward situations. I'd be out of there. <laughs> um, and then we have a nice little cute Bernard Jin fishing scene, which is great. And Bernard points out, uh, oh, uh, we're the only two married guys on the island. Um which, if you think about it, yeah, they are. But you, it's kind of weird to think about 48 people and it's just Jean and Bernard are the married guy. Until they have an affair with each other. <laughs> on the boat. <laughs> That's a cute little boat that they're on. <laughs> Isn't it Carl's boat that he brought? Yeah, they're coming just, now. I was going to ask you, like, where did they get the boat from? This show's just given up on continuity. <laughs> it's their fishing boat. Um, you'll be joining them soon as the three married men on the island. <laughs> yes, I will crash on my way to Canada next year and I will be on the island. This is where uh, Jin t- t- uh, Bernard tells Jin about Rose's cancer, which is uh, which is touching, but... I feel like maybe Jin doesn't understand this. He understood Juliet, but this is a bit too too advanced for him. But it is a nice little scene of those two bonding. Um, then after, Juliet apologises to Sun, says, if you go to lock, you'll die. Uh, and then later after his powwow with Bernard, Jin brings dinner to the tent and he understands why Sun did it. Hooray for character development. Um, and Sun says, well, now I don't want to go to Locke. She, she doesn't want to get banished. She's heard what can happen there. <laughs> uh, but all Jim wants to know, he understands why she cheated. He just wants to know, is the baby mine? And, oh, it's so sad. Yes, it's yours. And they reconcile and you will never lose me. Well, Which is true. He, she, they do lose each other, but in the end, they're lost together. Oh, <laughs> Very sad. Um, you sound like that recap on Lost. The, you know... So sad. Recapping, <laughs> recapping five seasons of Lost in... Charlie Dunn's. So sad. sad. Um, then... Uh, do you have anything more to add to the Sun and Jin story, or will we add on... It's, jump to the boat. It's a nice little moment at the end, kind of, for him to make sure that he knows about the baby. And like you summed up before, kind of how far we've come with these two that we literally had, um, you know, button your shirt up to 
hey, guess what? I had an affair, but hey, cool. It's all good. I was a different man. Like, it takes a strong person to sit there and find that out and admit that. So, um, yeah, no, it's a good moment between the two of them. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> like, I was a different man back then, but you still fucked another guy. And a stupid guy at that. What's his name? Dumb fuck. Ugh. Baldy. Baldy McDaldy. Fall out. Yeah, of I mean, fucking window. He has come a long way from our son speaks English. I'm not going to talk to you for two weeks. To you had an affair. I understand. So character development between these two. Um, and son's going to totally go off and do Hurley now because now she knows she can get away with it. <laughs> that mistress. Um, so then we, we jump to the freighter. This is where the good stuff happens, I feel. Uh, Lapidus has got some package. He's stopped by Kimi. Are you ready? Uh, and so I guess Kimi's off on a mission, and we don't find out in this episode what they're actually doing. Uh, but this is where Frank walks to Regina. We've heard Regina before, uh, but first time meeting her. And, uh, oh, Regina, your book is upside down. <laughs> oh, thanks. I, I, I like this plot line that it doesn't really go anywhere and it doesn't make full sense, but I like this freighter plot line that's happening in the background of people are kind of going crazy on this boat. We saw it with Minkowski, we saw it with Regina, we'll see it again. It's not really like a main plot point, but I like that just in the background, it really adds a kind of weird, mysterious, creepy vibe to this whole freighter thing that in the background, there's a plot line of people kind of going mental. It makes sense, I think, kind of connecting it with the island that, you know, it's obviously opening up those doors for added mysteries for the island. So, yeah, no, I agree with you. And it is kind of strange, just like, you know, randomly this woman reading a book upside down. <laughs> That's how I read books. <laughs> Isn't this how you do it? <laughs> Look at me! Uh, Look at me! I'm reading a book. <laughs> it's upside down. Ben, the picture um, upside down. You can't find Wally that way. <laughs> uh, Saeed tells Lapidus that they didn't break out. The door was open. They thought it was him. And he says, "No, it wasn't me." And then Saeed says, "I want to talk to the captain." And Lapidus, "No, you don't." Ooh. The captain's made out to be such the, <laughs> it's freaking grand bowler, everyone. Like the guys are puppy is why dog. It's so funny. You just want to like, pet we'll him. get to when he shows up, but like everyone's talking about this captain, and it's like made up to be this big plot, like it's going to be Charles Widmore or something. Um, then Desmond wakes up, and we get a nice little note slips through the door, and the, <laughs> the note: "Don't trust the captain." <laughs> There's such a build-up for this captain, and we're about to meet him. Um, we hear the banging of pipes. Um, we've got Dr. Ray, he's back. He comes and, oh, I'm going to take you to the, t- the captain. <laughs> Don't trust him. Um, they see the helicopter is gone, and Lapidus is running an errand, but we don't know what at the moment. And this is where we get a really creepy scene of Regina with all these chains just jumping off the boat into the water. Nobody's doing anything except for uh, Saeed and Desmond. <laughs> it's just really creepy, isn't it? This me- scene always sticks in my memory. That's 
a boat party with me. People just chain themselves and want to jump off. That just adds to this, like, what is going on vibe. And then, of course, was reading you know, books upside down five seconds ago. So, like, now she's in chains jumping off the boat. That's what happens when you read, people. You want to chain yourself and just jump in the water. Don't read. <laughs> Listen to podcasts but, instead. Regina chaining herself has a great ending because as they're all fighting over to do something, oh. out comes the captain, Captain oh. Bill. It's over, and it's Grant Bowler. You're is team number one, everyone. <laughs> You're all team number one. Uh, this is where it's so funny because there's such a build-up over it. The captain, the captain, the captain. It is Grant Bowler, and it's great to see Grant Bowler in last. I, I'm shocked that it kind of happened. But he does not make a menacing captain, does he? Not at all. And I remember, uh, I think I was spoiled by seeing his name appear in the credits the very first time I saw this. I would have loved to have just, like, had him appear. Like, Fuck, it's Grant Bowler! Um, <laughs> I'm like, look, you know, anyone who's listened to our show in the past and knowing when we used to do The Amazing Race, um, which can I just point out, they're rebooting this year and Grant Bowler is not the host. So, already, I'm not watching it. Um... <laughs> It's some fucking rugby player called Bo Ryan. No one's ever heard of him. Who gives a shit? But, um, you know, well before we loved the man to death during uh, The Amazing Race Australia, Grant Bowler was just always loved this man. So every single time you see him in something, like, an angel gets their wings. Let's be honest. Grant Bowler makes an appearance to TV, an angel gets its wings. This guy is an Australian icon. Forget Hugh Jackman. Forget Chris Hemsworth. Forget all, you know, Nicole Kidman's and all those sort of people. Grant Bowler is where it's at, folks. It's, and, like, he yeah, is he's not great. a mean captain. Like, the, the meanest thing he's ever done <laughs> is yell at people that the team no one in a nice way. Like, he narrates shows about people getting caught with fruit in their bags, which, you know, prevents you from bringing fruit back. But, like, this is the thing. When you fly back into Australia, you're not thinking of a man going, don't bring fruit into the country. You're thinking of, don't bring fruit into the country. I'm Grant Bowler and you're being a naughty little boy. Or girl. Like, it's just... Like, the guy is a puppy dog. Look at the... He's a beautiful man. Like, he's such a beautiful man. And, like, no. Like, Grant Bowler doesn't play evil. Grant Bowler (laughs) plays Grant Bowler. I don't think he can play the villain. No. I mean, I've seen him in uh, Canal Road, a random Australian TV show, that he was sort of an evil guy in it for, like, five minutes, but he ended up being good. Like, he was in Always Greener. He was kind of the evil dick neighbour who died of a bee sting. Like, he bit into an apple with a bee in it. Like, that's how they killed him off, because he was supposedly a bit of a dick. Well, okay, admittedly, he punched his son, so, like, he was a bit of a dick. But, like, outside of that, the guy was a nice guy, right? Like, even abusing his son, you still like the man, because he's Grant Bowler. But it's kind of cute seeing him try to be this tough captain, which it's kind of the Wizard of Oz talking about the captain, built him up as this big thing. But when you see the man behind the curtain, oh, it's the Grant behind the curtain. Doesn't he come out and he's just like, I'm the captain. (laughs) I'm, I'm Captain Galt. (laughs) I, I, I love having Grant in the show. He's going to be in what, two or three more episodes, but this whole don't trust the captain plotline goes nowhere. There's no reason not to, um, what is it like? Later, say it says, well, he was surprisingly forthcoming. Oh, yeah, he's okay if you don't get on his bad side. He's actually got what? a 
quite a long page, old Captain Galt, and he's got about as many theories as Boone, so... <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I love Grant, and he, it's great to welcome him while lost. Does he make a good evil boat, Captain? Uh, but having him and Naveen Andrews interact, it's fun. Um, and Brett Cullen is the poor man's grand bowler. So, and I like Brett Cullen. But I tell you now, Grant, Grant Bowler could have played like, he could have played the canoe that Bernard and Jin were sitting on, and I would have been happy. <laughs> uh, so it's been a while since we've got to talk about an episode of TV that Grant Bowler oh, was in. Um, so it's all come full circle. We've only got two more to yeah. do, and we'll probably never talk about him again until Always Greener Oz. <laughs> When do they bring that back? Oh, they should. That's the uh, second greatest Australian TV series of all time. <laughs> I'm not even joking. You think I'm joking? I'm not. That show is brilliant. Um, yeah, so Captain Gold. Let's just call him Grandpa. 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 Uh, He's not Captain Gold. He's Ca- Grandpa. Captain Grant. Uh, he says that some of the crew have been dealing with a heightened case of cabin fever. And he also talks about how someone's sabotaging the engine so they can't leave. Ooh. And then he really is quite forthcoming because he says, Charles Widmore is giving me orders. He just basically tells them everything. Here's a black box from 8.15, but how can this be here? The wreckage was staged. And he says that it was Ben that faked the plane crash and got all these bodies, and that's a dangerous man, and we're going after him. Uh, Love to have Grant, but... All this build up for weeks about the captain seems like a pretty nice guy to me. Yeah. Does he have a first uh, name, or is he no? He's just Captain Galt. That's it. Just Captain Galt. <laughs> captain's his first name. <laughs> Imagine if it really was. Imagine if they're like the captain's an asshole, and you find out it's like actually Kimi. But like, oh, that other guy on the boat, Captain Galt. <laughs> I'm gonna have a. But if I have a kid, I'm, if, if, it, if I have a son, I'm gonna call him Captain. Captain, captain. Waterworth. They're not talking about the captain. They're just talking about captain. Captain. <laughs> oh, captain, my uh, captain. I don't trust captain. Have you ever seen, oh, um, no. uh, what's it called? Dead Poet Society? Yeah, a long time ago. Good movie. That's not bad. <laughs> we'll Correct. recap it one day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but Grand Bowler wasn't in it. It should have been. Yeah, we're talking about, uh, re-editing Michael Emerson into things. Let's put um, Grant Bowler into some old movie. Grant Bowler as Godfather. Maverick in Top Gun. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Grant Bowler as Han Solo. Oh, Grant Bowler as Keanu Reeves in Speed. Oh, Grant Bowler as Keanu Reeves in the Keanu Reeves biopic. <laughs> Grant Bowler playing Keanu Reeves. Grant Bowler as everything, like just the, the comet yeah. in Deep Impact, like just. <laughs> Grant Bowler yeah. as the iceberg in Titanic. What did Grant Bowler last? Like, what's he been up to? Um, not not amazing, right? He was in a sci-fi show for a while, um, and he's done a few little random. Uh, TV spots here and there. I think he's come back to do a bit of Australian TV. He still does border security, if that counts. Um, <laughs> Reef Break. He plays <laughs> a French-American crime drama series. Oh, a French one. 
Hello. There you go. Um, starring Poppy Montgomery, fellow Australian. Um, so reef, reef, reef break. He was also in Harrow. Uh, it sounds like. Oh yeah. Yep. That sounds like a carpet paint kind of thing. Yep. That stars um Gary Sweet. <laughs> Gary Sweet. <laughs> there you go. Oh, it is Australia, of course. I was like, Gary Sweet wouldn't be in an American show. Come on. <laughs> Gary Sweet. I don't know why that's so funny. He's a decent actor, Gary Sweet. Like he's. Well, he's acting more than uh, Matthew Fox. Gary Gary Sweet is Australia's Bruce Willis. He used to have respect, but now he just randomly appears in things that no one watches. Reef break. JL Ranch, uh, a Western drama film starring John Voight. James Kahn and Melanie oh, Griffith. Gary <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. There's your new punchline every week. You, we're missing comedy. Just mention the words Gary Sweet. So that's the Oz Network's laugh track. Gary Sweet. Sweet. Guaranteed to bring 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 a smile. Um, but yeah, we learned that. The boat is here, and they're after Ben, and it's Charles Wigmore's boat. So there's not so much mystery now regarding the freighter. We we know what's happening. Um, then to end this section, we have later that night, we have Ray taking Saeed and Desmond to their room. They open the room, and this is a massive blood stain. Oh, that was supposed to be cleaned up. Uh, I love that, because you can only speculate like what's going on here. We saw Regina, so whose blood... Could this be uh, Bo Ryan? Oh, uh, please, a Grand Bowler can come back and... Grand Bowler's got his revenge. <laughs> um, You're team number one! <laughs> or, or, or Gary Sweet's blood. Gary <laughs> Sweet! <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they cut his scene, but he, he did have a death scene. <laughs> Think of like you're having a shit day, like everything's going to hell. You're crying. You sit there and you go, Gary Sweet. Yeah, who knew he had so much power? He's just hilarious. He's a hilarious man, Gary Sweet. TV, <laughs> Gary Sweet. Uh, but the blood stain is there, which is great. And then Ray says, "Hey Johnson, come mop this up. Oh, I've got to go up up on the deck." No, you're going to come and mop this up. Which, I mean, you know, this is Michael's fault. He was the one who was standing right near them. He must have heard them coming. Did he not think, oh, I should probably step away right now rather than mopping the floor right in front of them? Um, But anyway, come on, Johnson. So Kevin Johnson comes walking up. (gasps) Plot twist, it's Michael. Michael. Uh, We didn't... we didn't see that coming from the the credits for the past seven episodes. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> Why the do they do out. that? That's, like, really bad. Well, I, I've been through it before, but it was unfortunately not their choice. But the lore about this kind of thing has changed since, but it, it's dumb. Uh, so <laughs> Harold Perrineau in the credits, finally it pays off. And, uh, hello, I'm Kevin Johnson. And... Say, nice to meet you, Kevin. (laughs) (gasps) Plot twist. I mean, and we've been talking about the spy on the boat. It's just, 
it, it could have been a good twist, but the fact that we knew it was coming just completely destroys what could have been an epic. Oh my god, Michael, who we've not even talked about in two seasons, is suddenly back on this boat. That's crazy, but we all knew it was happening, so it, it loses it a lot of impact. But if you're binge watching this show and you don't really know the actors' names, I feel like this could be more powerful than it was at the time. And I guess sometimes you don't pay attention to the names at the beginning, do you? So no, but know. I seem to remember it was in the press, like they didn't probably because of the the rules with the the credits and that that you had to credit main characters. I think they had just announced it. Michael's coming back. Like, it wasn't a secret. They said, yeah, this season Michael's coming back. But then you got all those dumb Americans who thought that uh, Jin remarried, so, you know. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but do, what do you make of the kind of the end here with Kevin Johnson? I think it's cool. Like, I mean, the, the fact that it's spoiled aside, like, it is a cool reveal. Because, like, I mean, y- you wonder what happened to Michael. I mean, Michael got off the island, so it's sort of... Yeah, it's kind of cool to kind of see him appear. And you, you're being teased all the time about the spy on the boat. So um, I like it. And I, I love the reactions of, you know, Desmond and Saeed. <laughs> just like, nice to meet you, Kevin. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like it's a cool little moment. And it's it's a nice little way to sort of end in a bit of a twist. It's better than see you at dinner. <laughs> it is better than see you at dinner. Uh so there we go, Gion. I feel like the strength of this episode is on the freighter. The the Cabin Vida and Grant Bowler and Kevin Johnson and Lima Beans. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, So just some trivia for this episode. This is the only episode that features more than one kind of flash. There's a flashback and a flash forward. Uh, Sun is watching the dubbed version of the season four finale of Expose. Uh, Nikki and Billy D. Williams are briefly visible for a split second. It's the only episode where Nikki appears without Paolo. Well, we don't care. Uh, Gion means flower of wisdom. Uh, Yunjin Kim played a character named Lawyer Yu Gion in the movie Subin Deju. I like this one. Michael can actually be spotted on the boat before he's revealed as a janitor. When Regina jumps off the boat, the camera cuts to a group of people and Michael appears to be a hooded member hiding. That's a cool one. I've never spotted that before, so I have to go back and watch it. Uh, Harold Perrineau has been credited as a main cast member for the previous six episodes, and many fans had already deduced that he was Ben's spy because of this. Uh, Jin's tombstone says the date of his death is September 22nd, the day of the crash, obviously because of the lie. Uh, so even with the lie, he would have had this grave, regardless of what happens with the freighter. Um, the tombstone says Jim was born in 1974 and that Sam was born in 1980. That's a six-year difference. Oh, thank you for the maths there, uh, Lostpedia. Uh this episode is Christmas Day and Christmas... Ah, interesting. This episode takes place the same day that uh, the Indian Ocean Tsunami, Boxing Day. So they would have... No, they wouldn't have been caught up in it they're in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> and they're on a magical island. But that could have made for an interesting end of the series. Um yeah, uh, several hints. Sun is immediately recognised as one of the Oceanic Six, but no one pays attention to Jin. That's true. Um, Jin 
exhibits his characteristic pre-island violent temper. We saw that. Uh, the Year of the Dragon is February 20, 2000 to January 2001. Jin's cell phone. Jin's uh, been married for two months. Uh, yeah. Rebecca Maida appears without speaking lines, the way it should be. Um, yeah. Regina appears on screen for the first time. Uh, that's about it. The Korean store was shot at Toys and Joys in Kamuki. Oh, I've got to go uh, there. This was the lowest rated episode of season four, which is not a surprise because Gion kind this was the last episode before we had an extended writer's strike break from memory. Huh. Uh, because we will talk maybe, not, not today, but in the future we'll talk about uh, the writer's strike, um, which did majorly affect season four of Lost, which is partly what well, exactly why there's only 14 episodes but we'll, we'll save that for a future episode but this was caught right in the middle of the writer's strike not last um, week sorry not not last week what As do you in, mean well <laughs> last week was shit so you would think that that was the excuse for uh, last week, so yeah actually i'm just looking here uh next week was the last one before we had a, a month month break um so, any questions? I guess we could say, how does Jin die? But that's a weird question to now be asking because we know what happens. So, um, Well, in all fairness, we know what happens with all of these questions that we're answer asking. <laughs> so, I mean... <laughs> um, that's true, but you know, the answer to how did Jin die was he didn't die. But, do we want to put um, it or... Yeah, I, it is a question raised in this episode, so I guess it, it should be there. How does Jin die? And we still haven't quite. Did uh, we still haven't quite answered who the Oceanic Six are? Who did? How did Michael end up on the boat? Yeah, that's a good one. We can tip that off next week as well. Um, we've answered a question, I think. Excuse me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last season finale we had the question of whose boat is it and we've got Whitmore as the answer haven't we oh yeah it's true I don't oh. have the list so oh well you fucking should um send it to me well no <laughs> that was very aggressive <laughs> no that's very well, are you Captain Gold I wish I wish I was Grand Bowler what a life that would be Imagine being Grand, waking up in the morning, looking in the mirror, and go, "Fuck, I'm Grand Bowler." Oh, and who's the man in the boat? In the boat? No, what? What's that one? Do you mean who is Ben's spy? Well, I've got season four, episode two. Who's the man in the boat? Oh, I think it's supposed to be right on the boat. <laughs> but we have we can't answer that because technically we don't know that he's the spy yet. Well, la di da. Um, so that was Gion, uh, midway through season four now. So what do you think about old Gion? Best episode of Lost? Worst episode? How are you going to put this one down? Greatest episode of Lost ever, number one. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to rent it. Uh, it's decent, but it's not brilliant. It's not terrible. Um, I think it's a bit 
yeah, it doesn't hold up as well as it does the first time, as we said, with kind of the, the flashback, flash forward thing. I love Grant Bowler. He's amazing. Be my friend. Um, the Michael reveal is pretty cool, even though it's sort of spoiled. But, um, yeah, that's about... It's just, it's just, it's there. Yeah, I'm going to rent to it's, uh, it's definitely got some good stuff. The twist, I can see what they're doing. And really the stuff on the boat shines more than the Sun and Jin stuff. But it's nice to have some Sun and Jin character development. So a pretty forgetful episode of Lost, but at least we know Sun had her baby. We didn't really highlight that point, but she doesn't die. She had her baby. So that's, that's nice. Uh, it's going to be a tragic future for poor Gion when we see how this show ends up, but let's not talk about that. Um, yeah, so double rent for Gion. So we're, we're back off the, the binning that we've done for season four. Uh, next week, we just met Kevin Johnson, but next week, it's meet Kevin Johnson. Which, Yay! <laughs> uh, kind, of, kind of a unique unique kind of episode of lost and it's how michael got back i from memory like this episode i kind of like the way they do this so um yeah i'm looking forward to talking about it because i think it's yeah as you said it's unique it's interesting so i think it's got its moments so i'm looking forward to talking about it yeah i'm always torn about whether or not i love this episode or i think it's just okay but there's some good stuff. Interesting to see Michael off the island in the present time and what he got up to and how Kevin Johnson ended up onto the island or the boat again. Uh, so stay tuned for that. That should hopefully be coming next week. Um, in the meantime, let us know about any stories you have about Gion or Graveyards or Korea or anything. We'd love to hear you from you. Uh, Give us any any reviews of any of the shows that we mentioned. Anything you want to talk about, we're desperate to talk to you. So so please, really, please we are. let us know what you think. <laughs> it's not a joke. Like I have no uh, one to talk to. I'm lonely. <laughs> and let us know what you think about Grant Bowler, but there can only be one answer to what you think about him. Um, join the club. We love Grant Bowler. Uh, we are the official the meantime, fan club presidents. You know, we, we pretty much are. <laughs> there should um, be more members. Yeah, it's just us. Us and him. No, no he doesn't like he's he's a, he's a humble man, Grant Bowler. He doesn't like himself that much. That's true. It's just us. But we're recruiting more members as the days go on. We've got two more episodes or three more to talk him up. So we're, we're, we're going to talk up Grant as much as we can because we don't have Boone. So we've got to do something. Oh, great. Uh, in the meantime, Boon together. Sorry, you're closing it out. Shut up, Ben. <laughs> no one's got friends to meet. <laughs> ben, ben is Alan coming right now. Um, Everywhere. Uh, yeah, so stay tuned for Meet Kevin Johnson. I'm excited to talk about it. Should be interesting. We're moving through season four. Uh, in the meantime, my name is Noah, and um, you will never lose me. And my name is Gary Sweet. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.